everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. You're Bart. And you are Sam. How are you? I'm good. Good. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you guys decided to join us this week. Um, this week we is St. Patrick's Day. We're having a special St. Patty's Day episode, so top yeah. of the evening to you, I guess, because it's really almost bedtime. I'm yes, do this. that it is. Yeah. Um, as we're recording this, we're at, it's actually the day before St. Patrick's Day, which is tomorrow, so yes. um, pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. We actually are going to do most of our festivities this weekend. Correct. Since we both work tomorrow during the day, we'll be busy tomorrow night, so yeah. pushing and it off to the weekend. festivities, we mean food. Yeah. And drink. Well, I'm mostly excited about the food. Yeah, excited about some corned beef and cabbage. Yeah. Faux show. Which? And taters. We'll get, we'll get to, we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, as this being our special St. Patrick's Day episode, we thought we would go... I'm wearing green. My eyes are green, so... That doesn't really count. It always counts. Mm, So, we figured we'd go full authentic Anya with the most authentic, (laughs) um, uh, beverage that we could get... People um, are gonna think that you mean like Irish car bombs or Guinness or no, Irish yeah, this whiskey. this is like the the pinnacle of Irish culture. Irish coffee. Um, um th- this really is just um, like really at the heart of yeah. of, of Irish more, culture. And I don't everything. think you can get more authentic than this. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, so tonight, instead of coffee, instead of wine, we're actually having uh, shamrock shakes from McDonald's. Yes. So. Um, we're the real deal yeah yeah like I said it doesn't really get more authentic than this you are correct like I mean no notes yeah you know for sure for sure can't question our Irish All right, heritage so first uh, first sip here you've already been sipping on yours so oh yeah oh yeah who can resist um, I love these things honestly they're pretty good they I'm, really are I'm kind of glad they only happen once a year because yeah. I don't think I would want to drink it all year round. Oh, correct. But yeah. it's definitely like a special Didn't thing. You used to have like crunchy stuff in them. I don't think so. So I'll be honest. When I I never really had these when I was younger. I just always thought it was like, oh, it's green. That must be like mint ice cream. And I was never really a fan of mint ice cream. Yeah, oh, um, I love mint. So I bet cream. it wasn't even. I I was actually in college when I had a shamrock shake for the first time. We were talking about these at work just yesterday, actually. And apparently they just, they don't really know what's in them. They just kind of put it in, put the stuff in there. It's like comes prepackaged. Yeah. Yeah. It just comes in like a premix. Same way with the rest of their milkshakes. They just, it just comes like in a prepackaged like milk-like substance. And then they throw it into their milkshake machine, which kind of freezes it and Mm -hmm. makes it as a soft serve. Yeah. Um, So I have determined... And when you take a sip of this, it's a very, it's a very odd flavor, and it's very hard to place. But what it tastes like? It tastes like toothpaste. No, it doesn't taste like toothpaste. Oh, okay. Well, what? Well, well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but it's like those um, those those fruit flavored marshmallows. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever had those? Mm-hmm. That's what that that's what that tastes like. This is a milkshake made of fruit flavored marshmallows, the lime ones specifically. Ooh, there so, is a hint of lime in there. So that's it. How can it be minty and limey? This is weird. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because they went for all the green things. Oh, like green flavor number seven through forty-two. Yeah, I think they were just like, oh, lime's a green flavor. Mint is also a green flavor. Let's just put both in there. Yeah. I get it. I get it. And it works. I am tasting limes now. But as we've discussed before, I'm highly suggestible. So you could probably say grass. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, it tastes like grass. Like, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But it's totally those marshmallows. Oh, yeah. And ice cream. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. So that's it. Our shamrock shakes. Um, go grab one today for a limited time only. Only at Correct. McDonald's. Correct. Or, I mean, I guess you could make your own. No, you can't because nobody knows what the hell's in them. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. I stand corrected. Until now. Yeah. You know that it has those lime um, the marshmallows. Luck- yeah, the Lucky Charms marshmallows. Nah. Nah? Nah, just like the actual... Like, what is it, jet, jet like, puffed or whatever, yeah. like, they have those, that like, fruit-flavored just marshmallows. Yeah. Which, it's, I don't know like what, what you would use those for. You just eat them. You don't use them for anything. No, that just, that just doesn't sound... We've talked about this before. I don't have a thing against marshmallows. I like marshmallows. You have a thing against marshmallows. I like marshmallows. I put marshmallows in my hot chocolate. Do you just eat marshmallows? It depends. Are they roasted? Over an open fire? Would would you just eat plain marshmallows? Would I eat just plain marshmallows? Yeah. I don't know. Then you've got a thing against marshmallows. I don't. I eat them like whenever they're like burnt to a crisp and like nice and gooey over a fire. That's nice. I am pretty excited about a fire pit. If we put in a fire pit. Yeah. We will have to keep marshmallows on hand. Yeah, probably. So, we'll go ahead and get into our uh, episode today. So, our week has been... Uh, yeah. It's, it's, mine has been stressful. Yeah. Work's been a little stressful. It's been a, it's been a thing. Yeah. This <laughs> this weekend was, was pretty nice, though. We've been doing a lot of uh, discussing and planning on what we're going to be doing in our uh, backyard. I'm so... Got some, some plans for our deck and our patio area. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. Like, yeah. Gonna be so good. It's gonna be a lot of work, but it's gonna be nice once we're done with it. Yeah, and then we're also gonna be starting a uh, a raised bed garden, so Mm -hmm. we're excited about that. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk a little bit more about the composting idea because I'm I'm excited and I want to do that. A lot of people swear by like the worm, you know, like keeping your worms happy, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like the tiered thing that you mentioned i forget what that one was called that seemed pretty interesting so we'll have to we'll have to talk about that a little bit more yeah but i am excited for the garden and i got some free strawberries from a lady off of facebook thank you yeah so we're we're looking forward to uh growing our own stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's gonna be cool i know and i'm like really interested well oh speaking of you know gardening and growing our own stuff i told you but they don't know because our listeners don't know. I named our houseplants the other day. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully this will. The goal here being that 
if you connect to it on some sort of level by giving it a name, yeah. you'll be less likely to kill the plants. Yes, I will be less likely to neglect them. And I can like be like, what's up, Dolores? Hey, Vern. Right. All that stuff. So, like, I really... Or it'll just make it all that more devastating when they still die. Yeah. Yeah, it really will. But I've done really well with the ones that I have right now. Well, that's because most of them are succulents and cacti. So uh, excuse you me. You mostly can't kill them. Excuse me. I have a fiddle leaf fig. That, I don't know what that means, but okay. His name is Jed. Oh. And they are very finicky. They are, huh? Yes. I also have an orchid that I've kept alive. Although, and I thought that was I thought that was something, but uh, apparently it's pretty easy to keep them alive. So Dolores is a very hardy thing. A small but hardy breed. Yeah, a small but hardy breed. <laughs> uh, I feel like our life is just going to be bluey floats. Mm-hmm. She... Speaking of like Bluey and kids and all that kind of stuff, she has Bea has been something else this week. Yeah, especially today, she's been a little, a little wild. I'm just confused. It must be she got that flu shot today, so that we'll, yeah, we'll chalk it up to that. Yeah, that's nuts. Just growling, growling like a dinosaur, screaming like a pterodactyl. Just yeah, she she does wild. she does just be growling all the time. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, no clue. And I don't know where she learned that because I didn't teach her that. I mean, like, I started doing it after the fact, after she started, but, like, I didn't teach her that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good question. Kids are weird. Kids but, are weird. But the stress of the week is dissolving as we as we drink our shamrock shakes. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to move on to our questions? Yeah, yeah, let's go into into those. So we've got our uh, tabletop therapy questions. What do we got for first? <laughs> this question's really funny. If you started hearing a voice in your head, what accent would you like it to speak? Oh, what accent would I like it to speak? Yeah. Because um, it's kind of like, doesn't everybody hear a voice in their head? Like, that's going to make me sound real nuts. But, like, everybody has an internal monologue, right? No. Apparently oh, not. yeah, there's some people who don't. Yeah, some people don't. I forget what that's called. But, like, if you start hearing a voice in your head, like, if, like, don't most people hear something in their head? Well, I think there's different, there's a difference in having an internal monologue and, like, thinking about it, but, it, like, actually hearing a voice. I think yeah, there's a difference there. that's true. Okay. I mean, I would, I would want it to be probably British or yeah. Australian. Yeah. Yeah, the Australian accent's pretty nice. I think if I think if I if I started hearing a voice and I had the choice for like an accent, I would want it to be a Cockney British accent. Yeah. 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 Why? Just because it sounds fun. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to know what it says. It'd be fun. <laughs> It'd be fun. You know? And yeah. like... Because, I mean, honestly, like, you have, like, a northern accent. You know, Boston. You have the Boston accent. And then you've got, Okay, like, Boston some... is not a northern accent. Well, no. Boston <clears throat> accent is a Boston accent. Yeah. Yeah, the cat pack. 
But I love that. Wicked part. smart. Wicked smart. <laughs> but that would be a fun accent too. And I think it's interesting because our accents are slightly different. But not so much so that like I don't realize it until I'm around my northern family and my northern family is like, oh haha, it's so funny how you say y'all. Yeah. But then whenever I talk to you about the difference between the word pen and like or like the P I N and P E N or like Ben and Ben like it's all just the same. Mm-hmm. Those three letter words are like the same to people in the South. Like the person named Ben is pronounced the same as like a Ben. Well, what it comes down to is the southern accent. Their vowels are very closed down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm sure to other people listening, we have a very southern accent. Yeah. But, yeah, that's really interesting. Anywho, okay, next question. Anywho. Uh, have you ever turned down an opportunity because of fear? An opportunity? Yeah. Because of fear. Hmm. Not that I can think of. I don't know. Like, that's... Yeah, I don't think so. That's a weird question. I'm not not necessarily sure. fear. I mean, maybe, like, you know, looking at job postings or something and being like, nah, I'm not qualified for that. You should always apply for <clears throat> it, regardless. Like... Not like regardless, not like, oh, like neurosurgeon, let me apply for that. But like, if you have some of the qualifications, you should always apply because some stuff can be learned on the job. Yeah, that's true. But I don't yeah, know that's necessarily like that's not out oppor- of fear. That's not an opportunity either, not really. Like, yeah, well, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, true. Okay. It's not necessarily one that's been like just handed to me as like, hey, Bart, do you want to do this? But it's the thing that's like, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. this is available to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, oh, this one's good. Okay. Ours, our answer is going to be the same. Okay. First, I want to go back to this accent question. Okay. Okay. And so if it's like a, like a GPS where you can like change your inner monologue's voice, I think I would like to have it as like a Samuel L. Jackson voice Mm -hmm. as my inner monologue. That's good. So. That's a good one. Yeah. Or even better, a Ewan McGregor. Ooh, I as Obi Wan. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Idris Elba is a good one too. Ooh, yeah. no, 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 no! I want Keith Morrison. That's the accent I want in my head. Keith Morrison, the grandfather of true crime. He's just got such a soothing voice. Is that the twenty twenty guy? Yeah, that's the twenty. Or the, no, it's Dateline. But yeah, oh. the Dateline guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. On to question number okay. three. So this one is really good, and we're it's going to be the same for both of us. What is the best piece of marital advice ever given to you? <clears throat> okay, the best piece of marital advice ever given to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say, uh, I, I bet it is going to be the same for both of us, which would be the advice given by our senior year anatomy teacher. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bob Yost. Yep. Um, when he told us that a loving relationship is not uh, 50-50. It should never be 50-50. 
50-50 implies that each party gives 50% towards the total work of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Instead, your relationship, especially a loving relationship, should be 100-0, mm -hmm. where you should be all in giving 100% of the effort of your love of everything in the with the expectation of receiving nothing back because you're not doing it to receive anything in return. Exactly. Yep. That is the single best piece of marital advice I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I forget who we were talking to, I think my dad, and we were talking about how like relationships are work, but they're not work because of the other person. You know, they're not hard because of the other person. Like they're hard because of yourself, you know? Yeah. And like you want to grow and be better for the other person for the sake of the relationship, like those kind of things. But but yeah, that the fifty fifty versus a one hundred zero is it was perfect. It just made perfect sense. Yeah. Because it's like love is not supposed to be conditional that way. Like, yeah, it's, it's not like a transactional sort yeah. of situation. Yeah, like if you love someone, you love them. Yeah. You know? And like, <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier today, and maybe this, maybe this will be my hot take. I don't know. But I was thinking about how like... Uh, well, I, do you want to save it for your hot take? Mm, let me write it down, and I'll save it. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I'll, I'll save it. It's not really a hot take. It's just kind of like a, a thought. But, yeah, the, the 100 zero has just always stood out to me. And it just, yeah, it just makes perfect sense. Because why would you want to just, like, half-ass it? <laughs> you know? Yep, very true. So. Okay, one more. Yeah, one more. <clears throat> How often do you know you're right, but let it go to avoid an argument? Absolutely never. Hmm. Never, ever. If I am right, everybody's going to know it. Everybody. Okay, that's... Okay. I'm, like, being facetious. That's not entirely true. I do occasionally let it go for the sake of... A higher purpose which in turn just makes me a better person so I still win <laughs> <laughs> okay so how often do I know that I'm right but I let it go for the sake of saving an argument pretty often <laughs> <laughs> well I'm not sure how that can be true considering that I am right a lot of the time as well so I'm not exactly sure how that can be true. Of course, dear. <laughs> We've talked about this, and you know I hate how often that you're right. You're right like 98% of the time. And you're so insightful, and it's just so irritating. Because I'm like very impulsive. I'm like a brand new puppy who's just like, oh my gosh, all these cool things. Let's go do this. And you're just like... Well, we should think about this first. And mm -hmm. It's irritating. <laughs> it's irritating how often you're right. It's annoying how how right I am often. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's quite the burden knowing everything. So. <laughs> yes. <sighs> we do have to buy special hats for your head, though, because it's so big. Well, 
It's got a big job <laughs> keeping all that in, you know. Right. You want to do another one or? Let's do one more. One more. Are you city or country? <laughs> you got to ask. <laughs> now, I would say I'm actually probably like a pretty good mix of both. I think it really just kind of depends on who I'm around. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm not like a farm boy or anything <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I've done farm work. Yeah, that's true. You have. Yeah. I also I'm... enjoy civilized things. <laughs> that's insulting to farmers' part. But I am very city yeah yeah i like dirt but only if it's not like super gross dirt you know like it's gotta be like my dirt has to be clean you know yeah (laughs) no i'm not we were talking about this the other day about how like i would love to have a farm but i'm way too soft Mm -hmm. i'm way too soft to have an actual farm yep so Owning the farm's not just a bunch of looking at all the animals. I know. And, like, I think it would be really cool to, like, buy our beef and, like, even, like, buy our meats and stuff from, like, a local farmer. I think that would be really, really cool and, like, go and, like, pick out our cow or... I think that would be really cool. And I think that that is, like, a great way to make connections and, like, it's a good sustainable practice, right? But I can't look into the deep brown soulful eyes of a cow and go be like oh hey there and make the choice to eat it yeah I can't I can't do that I I just can't oh I can't I know like but like that's that's Margaret you know like hey Margaret I just (laughs) can't do it I can't think about it we should go like one of these days like go to a local farmer's market or something find somewhere where they sell beef or yeah just buy like half a cow yeah like i really want to do that i really do because i think that that's like whenever supply chain issues are an issue you know like yeah we need to talk to bobby yeah they do that over at the butcher shop yeah it's a good idea to like know farmers you know yeah so especially (laughs) if we're gonna have a small garden ourselves you know we can trade some stuff but anyways I'm definitely more city. Also, I need to get some more brisket. So, because yeah. that was good. Yeah. Like, we can, uh, yeah. I'd like to, let's put a pin in that and we'll talk about that in our, talk about that uh, in our budget meeting. All right. You ready to get into it? Yeah. Let's, let's go, go diving into it. So, as I said earlier, this is our special St. Patty's Day episode. We've got our shamrock shakes. Um, and so our topic tonight is actually also going to be St. Patrick's Day itself. Ooh, ooh. So strap in and get ready to learn something. Yeah. Which. Or not. Yeah. I'm kind of conflicted if I'm being honest about St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Because I'm like I come from Irish Catholic heritage, not Protestant Catholic. And so like. No Protestant Catholic. Not Protestant Catholic. I mean, Irish Protestant or whatever. Okay. Yeah. That's an oxymoron. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, Irish, like the Protestant religion. But my, like, grandparents were super Irish Catholic. Yeah. 
And so it's like, I like the idea of like embracing that side of myself, but myself, but I don't really agree with St. Patrick and the things that he did. Well, I don't think you have to. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't have to, but I want to understand, I want to make it clear that I understand that it's kind of problematic. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, realistically now, St. Patrick's Day is really just a celebration of Irish culture. It's not necessarily about St. Patrick anymore. That's At least true. not in most... That's true. Most celebrations and most of, like, the, you know, worldwide craze that is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. like I know you're right, but I, like, I can't help but, like, feel bad that, like, because, okay... For, I don't want to be like condescending to our listeners, but like St. Patrick did not banish all of the snakes from Ireland. Sure he did. That is not what he did. Yeah, he played like some kind of flute or something, <laughs> and then they all just like crawled all the way out of Ireland into that the is... ocean or something, and they all went to like, I don't know, Britain or... So I don't know, they all went away, and now Ireland doesn't have any more snakes. Yeah, that is not what that story's about. <laughs> 100%. That story is definitely... Go to Ireland. You're not going to see a single snake. Because they all left. From St. Patrick and his magical flute. You're not going to see them because it's an island and the Ice Age and all that stuff. I actually did some reading on that. But anyway. Well, learn me something about St. Patrick. Okay. So, I'm going to start with St. Patrick's Day facts that are not facts. Like, misconceptions. Common, okay. Twelve cool. common misconceptions. Cool. St. Patrick was Irish. False. St. Patrick was not Irish? He was not Irish. Lies. Uh, he was actually, let's see. He was. I born, bet he's probably like Hungarian or something, wasn't he? He was born in Scotland. Oh, well, that's When he was close. a teenager, uh, Paladis, which was his real name, was kidnapped and sold into slavery in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Six years later. Are we sure he wasn't Scots Irish though? Because that happened a lot. I think he's he's born of like British descent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, six years later, he escaped and went back to Scotland, where he joined a monastery. And then, as an adult, Paladis returned to Ireland as a missionary, where he lived for forty years. Oh. Yeah. And there's like some there's a story about like. Whenever you, like, he escaped slavery through, he found God through his slavery or whatever. And he prayed, like, hundreds and hundreds of times, like, throughout the day. Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly right, far, like far, he, far yeah, away from here. Pretty much, pretty much. And, like, he, like, wrote letters about his time during slavery and, like, how he escaped and all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, March 17th was not St. Patrick's birthday. It marks the day he died, not the day he was born. So, it was death day. Mm-hmm. When was he born then? Can we celebrate my death day when I die? Sure. Um, it doesn't say when he, when he was born. Let so, then we don't know. It may have been his birthday. It could have been. Um, yeah, he died. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe he died on his birthday. That's true. I want to die on my birthday. That would be fun. That would be cool. Yeah. It would be easy to remember. Yeah, right? Birthday and death day. Yeah. That's nice. Um, 
Okay, let's see. Could save definitely some some uh, money on the letter and on the tombstone. Exactly. Just born, died, like same day. Yeah. Just to do like May 1st. No date needed. We don't need to know how old I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, St. Patrick was not a canonized saint. Or is not a canonized saint. What? So, um, the process of officially canonizing... Well, then how do we... What do we call him St. Patrick for then? We'll get to it. Hold your horses. You can't just call somebody a saint. Hold your horses. The process of officially... Gotta be a law or something. <laughs> the process of officially canonizing saints didn't become common practice in the church until long after... St. Patrick's death. During St. Patrick's lifetime, saint was not an official title bestowed um, only on those whom the Pope deemed worthy. It was instead more of a general title that would be assigned to people who lived especially holy lives or performed acts of martyrdom. And it was bestowed locally. Okay, so they just like all the neighborhood was just like, he's a good old Christian boy. Yeah. So we're going to call him saint. Yep. Exactly. Um, that ain't right. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually not sure if he's a canonized saint now. I bet he is. I'm not sure about that. No, uh, maybe not. Um, so, oh, yes. I was going to ask something now for that. Oh, okay. Well, put, if you remember it, just. Oh, when uh, when was he born? Did he we, was did we born. Get to that? Or did I miss it? Let me see. Because, I mean, that seems like. Surely they've been making official saints for a long, long time now. Let's see. He, I know he, let's see. On St. Patrick's Day, blah, blah, blah. Some records claim he came to Ireland in four in 432 A.D. Oh, dang. Um, and that he died on the 17th of March in 462 A.D. Others say that he died in 492 A.D. So, like, if he well, that's came... That's a big difference. Yeah, if he came to Ireland in, like, 432 A.D., then he was born sometime before that. Because he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably sometime before <laughs> I'm that. trying to think about... I'm trying to think, like, exactly when. Because he was a teenager, so, like... Probably, like... A couple of decades four before 420. Yeah. Something like that. And then, um... Yeah, so we don't really know, or I the the things I pulled up don't tell me his gotcha. actual birthday. In the four teens. Correct. Uh, okay, green is not the color of St. Patrick's Day. Not the color of St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of the more popular St. Patrick's Day facts isn't true, although green is the color most associated with Ireland. Um, it is of course the Emerald Isle. It's not St. Patrick's color. Members of the Order of St. Patrick actually use blue as their symbolic color. Hmm. How are we going to have an Order of St. Patrick if he ain't even a real saint? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. So they don't count then. It is green. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, false fact numero whatever this one is. Five. St. Patrick used the shamrock to represent the Holy Trinity. That is not true. I didn't um, even know that was a thing, really. Yeah, in fact, it's unlikely he introduced Christianity to the Emerald Isle at all, a feat which is off, he is often attributed in the 5th century A.D. 
The Pope sent Pallidus to Ireland with the mission of preaching to the Irish believing in Christ. Irish believing in Christ. So he didn't introduce Christianity to Ireland. He really just helped it along. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, he may have used... Uh, I swear the shamrock Pallidus may have used it to represent the Holy Trinity, but the shamrock already had symbolic significance in pagan traditions as well. So this is just very similar to like Christmas and like other holidays where it's just like, we're going to take this pagan thing and... You know, make it ours now. Make it ours now, yeah. Um, so yeah, he didn't really like introduce it. He just kind of wanted to kind of like, we're going to take that. <laughs> we're going to take it. Gotcha. Um, this fact is also not, like this is like a duh. Like, it's easy to find a four-leaf clover. That's false. Of course it's false. Everybody, who says that? Who says it's easy? I've never heard anybody say that it's easy to yeah, find one. I've never, yeah, never ever, ever have I. Like, I've like that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, I've spent. Is that they're hard to find. That's yeah. why they're lucky. Oh, my grandmother could find them like nobody's business. I was real irritated. And like, I was around people who was just like, oh yeah, here's one. And I would stare at the grass for like what felt like hours. Yeah, just, like, I mean, like they're not rare. You can they're you can find them pretty much anywhere, but they're not like easy to spot. Exactly. Okay. So, um, St. Patrick's Day is a is traditionally a party hardy holiday. That is false as well. Well, I would disagree. <laughs> um. So, it's a feast for the Catholic saint known for converting the native Irish people to Christianity uh, until the 1700s. And dropping out snakes with a flute. Yeah, okay. Until the 1700s, it was a day in the Catholic calendar in observance of a saint important to and popular in Ireland and not much elsewhere. Or not much anywhere else. I mean, but it, now, yeah. it's a party hardy holiday. That's true. Um, many of today's St. Patrick's Day traditions started in Ireland. That is false. St. Patrick's Day, um, the first St. Patrick's Day parade occurred in New York City in 1782, and it became an annual event in 1848. It wasn't until 1931 that Ireland held an official St. Patrick's Day parade. What? Come on, all this stuff has got to be <laughs> traditional to, to Irish culture and like the ancient like ways back there I mean you got like the green beer the corned beef and cabbage <laughs> shamrocks like We're, well, Irish we'll... car bombs this has got to all be like traditional <laughs> Irish pastimes body shots off a redhead like <laughs> come on as for alcohol consumption it was not a staple of the holiday in Ireland by any means in fact until 1960s pubs in Ireland were closed on March 17th what? <laughs> Irish pubs don't close. I know that's a lie. <laughs> this is so funny. Okay, you're going to love this one. Eating corned beef on St. Patrick's Day is an Irish tradition. False. Bull. No way. <laughs> Up until the 20th century, pork was much cheaper to raise and, of course, eat for the average family in Ireland. Corned beef is historically unheard of in Ireland, although salt-cured beef was an occasional meal. Like the holiday's modern celebration, eating corned beef started in the late 19th century. Irish immigrants bought corned beef from Jewish delis in New York City instead of the more common um, <clears throat> St. Patrick's Day meat of cured pork. 
or ham, like ham and bacon or whatever. Mm. So yeah. A uh, false fact. St. Patrick banished all the snakes from Ireland. No, yeah, he did. I, I know he did. <clears throat> so this St. Patrick's Day fact stems from stories. Yeah, now I think we've actually... Have we talked about this on an episode before? I think Possibly. so. I think we have. I know we've, we've actually talked about this. Yeah. Just you and me. Yeah, so legend has it that St. Patrick gave a rousing sermon that sent all of Ireland's snakes slithering off into the ocean. Was it? I thought it was a flute. As referenced by my many references to flutes. Yeah. I think they're, well, like, sermon. I don't know. Sermons in the Catholic. You just be preaching at some snakes? <laughs> what? Sermons in the Catholic. Don't he know snakes don't have ears? Faith. They, uh, they include a lot of, like, songs. So it's possible that, like, in very, like, hymns. And, like, they're very liturgical, so... Um, the Emerald oh, I'm Isle. I'm thinking of the Pied Piper, maybe. The Emerald Isle owes its lack of serpents not to St. Patrick, but to the Ice Age and geography. The shifting glaciers of the last Ice Age left Ireland surrounded by water, making it impossible for snakes to reach it. Before then, the land would become that would become Ireland was far too cold for the cold-blooded creatures to survive. So, like, if you're telling me that Ireland has no snakes. Give me my passport. We're going. We're leaving right now. And we're going to Ireland to live. That just seems crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> leprechauns are directly related to St. Patrick's Day. Also false. Uh, more people don red beards and green hats on St. Patrick's Day than any other day of the year. And yet leprechauns and St. Patrick's Day really aren't related. Aside from the fact that they're both Irish. Leprechauns didn't become a staple of Irish literature until many years after St. Patrick's famed journey through Ireland. Oh. Uh, there are... Do we know the origins of the leprechaun myth? Mm, yes. Um, we'll we'll kind of get into it. It's We, well... Not really, but I did read that. Basically, it's, it comes from the pagan beliefs and like Celtic, native Celtic beliefs about um, fae folk mm. and fairies, mm. that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> there are no female leprechauns. That's is that false? Like no, that is yeah, false fact. There are female leprechauns. So so there actually are not any female. Leprechauns. There are no female. Leprechauns. Well, how do we know? Um, in the Fairy Legends book published in 1825, the text read, Since that time, leprechauns seem to be entirely male and solitary. Oh. Well, where do other leprechauns, where do they come from? How do we get more leprechauns? I don't know. If we ain't got no female leprechauns? Leprechauns don't breed, I guess. I don't know. What, they, what do they just... Maybe they just grow. Spore? Yeah. And just spawn off of... Yeah. A growth or something? Or? Yeah. Probably. We have to make, we have to look into that. Or I guess they grow out of a shamrock or something. Yeah. How do, how do leprechauns procreate? How do, or reproduce? We need to Google that. Maybe we don't. We probably shouldn't. Yeah, let's, let's not. Let's not and say we did. <laughs> uh, let's see. So those are my false facts. What do you think? Did you learn something? Interesting. Yeah. Bunch of liars is what I've learned. So, <clears throat> I was reading from History.com. Up until the mid-19th century, most Irish American or I'm, Irish immigrants in America were members of the Protestant middle class. When the Great Potato Famine hit, 
Ireland in 1845, close to one million poor and uneducated Irish Catholics began pouring into America to escape starvation. And so, like, that's whenever there was, like, a huge influx of Irish immigrants who came in. And then that's whenever everything started to yeah. blow up. Because they didn't have no potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the Irish American American Irish student began to realize, however, that their large and growing numbers endowed them uh, with political power that had yet to be exploited. They started to organize, and um, their voting bloc, known as the Green Machine, became an important swing vote for political hopefuls. Suddenly, annual St. Patrick's Day parades became a show of strength for Irish Americans, as well as like a must-attend must event for a slew of political candidates. So, and it was during that time before, before politicians realized they could, like, exploit, you know, and, like, pander to the Irish yeah. base. Um, before that is whenever, when Irish America, Americans um, took to the streets on St. Patrick's Day to celebrate their heritage, newspapers portrayed them as cartoon, in cartoons as drunk and violent monkeys. So that's where, like, some of the the drunk Irishman stereotype comes from. Yeah, that and, like, the fact that, you know, we don't want Irish people working here, you know, because they're all drunks and, you know, the the ethnic discrimination. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. So, on the, the, the leprechaun, the original name for these figures of folklore is, uh, I'm not going to pronounce this right, Labarkin. That is not how you say that, I know. Meaning small-bodied fellow. Belief in leprechauns probably stems from Celtic belief in fairies. Uh, tiny men and women who could use their magical powers to serve, to serve good or evil. Uh -huh. In Celtic folktales, leprechauns were cranky souls responsible for mending the shoes of other fairies. I'd be cranky too if that was my fairy job. That's dumb. I'd be cranky. I don't want to fix people's shoes. What do fairies need their shoes fixed for? They're right, just they flying. Wings. Yeah, like I don't understand. That's dumb. See, like that's like the most useless job ever. Man. So back to this whole snakes thing. Yes. Uh, so a lot of the I don't know folklore or whatever, the snakes are supposed to actually be represented by a representative of pagans. Yeah. To where St. Patrick drove pagans out and they became like kind of pariahs and Correct. looked down upon and Correct. whatnot. Yeah, which I think it's interesting. And like, this is going to show my ignorance or whatever, but like, pagan just means not, not Christian, Christian, right? Yeah, in a literal sense, yes. Okay, that's what I Typically, thought. Typically, <laughs> now there are kind of some more. I know that there's like markers Wiccan, there. There's yeah, it's, like... it's typically going to be things now. It's not going to be things that are like your your, your big world religions, things like um, Buddhism, um, right? Like their Islam, things like that. Like that wouldn't necessarily classified as pagan. Typically, um, it's it's like it's almost like the the religion of like. The worshiping like the uh, like Mother Earth mm. type religions and like like Pagan. fey folk and stuff like that okay, that are that, that are more sense. like that are more because like earthly 
it's ties. It is. This is a word that I'm, that's coming to mind, but I'm not using it to describe like this type of religion. But this is what they would think. It is what would be characterized as an uncivilized religion. Yeah. Yeah, more of like. Um, so a lot of it probably to like uh, native religions from Native America indigenous, would, yeah. would be um, considered pagan. pagan. That makes sense because it's more like getting in touch with the earth and yeah. That makes okay. That's kind of what I thought, and I think yeah, it's really and like the spirits of, of yeah. the earth. Okay, that's what I thought. I think a lot of it too. It it paganism in what's classified as pagan. It, it kind of infers this this that it's more like a tangible spiritual realm that it's kind of like all around you and you can kind of interact with it mm-hmm. and it interacts with you in gotcha. a more physical way more than just like a spiritual. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that is whenever people tell like, and this is I'm always conflicted because whenever Thea comes home from school, I don't want her to be like Saint Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. Blah blah blah. It's like no, Saint Patrick was a jerk who tortured pagans. <laughs> like. But also, like, your grandparents were Irish Catholic and we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always kind of, like, torn about things like that. You know, like, the historical truth versus what it's painted to be. You yeah. Know? Well, because I, 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 I don't want to, like, whitewash history and I don't want to erase history. I think it's important. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't really think you need to worry a four-year-old with, you know... Christians tortured and killed pagans. That's true. Because they didn't believe like they did. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, ooh, man. But I will. Christopher Columbus, that is a hill I will die on. She will know the truth from a very early age. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. Well, yeah, that's because we'll be celebrating indigenous peoples. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her her heritage. Yeah. So, but it's interesting. The because I was reading an article about it's from IrishCentral.com, and there's a quote at the very end, and it's it's perfect. Um, Saint Patrick's life is one of semi-historic, semi-mythological proportions. As with much of Ireland's early past, it's impossible to pull apart fact and myth. There's no doubt, however, he made a huge and lasting impact on the people of the land. And I think it's I think it's unfortunate that we don't have more access to more authentic access to what it was like before Catholicism, Christianity, before like the major dominant world religions came and were like this is ours now. Kind of like, erased history yeah. and turned it into what they wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's unfortunate because I think there is something, I don't know, like nice about, not saying that I believe that kind of stuff, but there's something nice about like connecting with the earth and with being a good steward of the earth that we have and like treating it nicely, you know? Yeah. And respecting it. And I think that that those types of attitudes and beliefs about like taking care of the earth kind of went by the wayside with a lot of major religions. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, like I the respect that. for like life, like foliage, fauna, like flora, fauna, and all that kind of stuff. So, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's like way a tangent, like not related. Yeah, to no, I, no, I think, you know, it's, it's, if we had allowed those types of religions and lifestyles to, to coexist rather than kind of try to stamp them out yeah. um, with the progression of civilization, I, I think we would probably have had an earlier shift um, in the worldview towards, um, towards the environment and things like that that we wouldn't have had to worry so much about, like, oh, we're killing the earth. Yeah. Because that would have kind of already been in the back of, you know, most people's minds that like, you know, we're connected to the earth and things yeah. like that. Kind of like, like what you're saying. Yeah. We, we, we need it. Like, yeah. we really do need it. And so Rather we should... than like a lot of it now is just like, well, we've just kind of done what we want and yeah. taken from, from the earth and trashed this place until we're just like, oh crap, it's about to get past the point of no, no return. return here. Yeah. And, uh probably going to kill us all yeah exactly so it is unfortunate that like it is unfortunate that saint patrick drove all of the snakes out of ireland you know yeah that is pretty damn flute yeah <laughs> i'm wondering if you're thinking of pan i don't know we the story of pan maybe because that it well no because the story of Pan is he, like, pursued this maiden, and she came up to and, like, was, like, bothering her, and she went up to a water nymph, and the water nymph, like, turned her into uh, a bunch of reeds, turned this lady into a bunch of reeds to escape Pan. And then he turned her into a flute. And then he cut her down and turned her into a flute. So And her into a... Uh, pan pipe. Or, pipe. Yeah, yeah. So pipes. But I have no, that's heard not that. What I'm I have heard the thing about Patrick with like Pine Piper. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that as well, but I don't know where Well let's just figure it out. Yeah, let's Google Did it. Saint Patrick use a, a flute. flute. Patrick and the snake and the snakes, Saint Patrick's Day story. Okay, here we go. Now no, here's Here's the real truth about what happened. Oh, yikes. <laughs> a long, long time ago when the world was In filled... Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Patrick and the, state, and oh, the Snakes. Okay, okay. A story for St. Patrick's Day. Okay. And I can't sing that song on, on air. <laughs> a long, long time ago when the world was filled with fairies, unicorns, and all kinds of magic, there lived a man named Patrick who loved to play his wooden flute... There you go. See? Now, Patrick lived in a country called Ireland. Ireland is a beautiful place with rolling hills and colorful meadows and clear blue lakes. When the fairies flew over the countryside, it looked like the color of an emerald, which is a beautiful gem, and so Ireland got the name of the Emerald Isle. Yes, Ireland was pretty and very peaceful, except for one problem. Snakes. There were snakes of all different sizes and shapes that seemed to slither out of nowhere. They slid up the streets of the towns, were found hidden under beds, and even got into the crops of potatoes that the Irish farmers grew in their fields. Something had to be done about these snakes and fast. 
one morning when the king was sitting having his breakfast, he decided upon a plan. Whoever could rid the country of the snakes would be given his daughter, Maureen's hand in marriage. Now the princess was a lovely girl. She had long red hair, big green eyes, and a sprinkling of freckles upon her fair face. Maureen was loved by all the people because she was so kind and gentle. That afternoon, the town criers were sent to all the corners of Ireland to announce the king's plan. By the next morning, the country folk were buzzing with the news, and all the single men were making their way to the castle to try and win the princess's hand in marriage. There were so many different plans, one man took out a bucket of sand and tried to cast a magic spell over it so that all the snakes would turn to sand and would be swept away like dirt. That didn't work. Because he, because he mixed up all the words to the spell, and it made it rain instead. Another tried to catch all the snakes and chop off their heads. Oh my gosh. But of course, there was no way that he could get them all. Another tried to burn them out. But all he succeeded in doing was setting fire to a farmer's field and being chased off. One by one, the men came and went. Not one was successful in getting rid of the snakes. One afternoon, Patrick was sitting in a meadow, playing on his flute, when he heard someone join in. He stopped playing and looked around, but saw no one, thinking it was his imagination, or perhaps the echoes of his music from the hills across the meadow. He started to play again, and again he heard the music. This time he was a little smarter. He kept playing and slowly got up and looked around him. Imagine his surprise when he saw a little leprechaun sitting on a nearby mushroom playing a flute. (laughs) Top of the morn to you, Patrick, said the leprechaun when he noticed Patrick. Now Patrick was a very polite man and replied back to the little man, and to you, sir. Oh, no need to call me sir, chuckled the leprechaun. My name is Seamus O'Gillicuddy. And with those words, he stuck out his little hand for Patrick to shake. So what are you doing out here in the meadow playing that lovely music all by yourself for? Asked Seamus. By now, Patrick was all over his surprise at seeing the leprechaun. Every person in Ireland knows of the leprechauns, but few had seen one. Patrick considered himself very lucky, for if you capture a leprechaun, he had to show you where he kept his gold. I'm just trying to find a way to help the king get rid of all the snakes, but not having much luck at it, replied Patrick. Ah, that is a problem, is it not, said Seamus, and he went back to playing on his flute. Patrick stepped closer to the leprechaun and suddenly reached out and grabbed him. Aha, I've got you now, laughed Patrick. Ah, sputtered a shocked Seamus. Can you not loosen your grip on me a wee bit? You're choking the life out of me. This is really long. (laughs) Oh, we're almost there, okay. Patrick thought a moment before he replied, Well, I suppose I could, but first you have to show me where your gold is. Gold? I have no gold, said Seamus. No gold, but I thought all leprechauns had a pot of gold, said a disappointed Patrick. No, that's just an old wives' tale, but there is something I can do for you, said Seamus slyly. Oh, and what might that be? asked Patrick suspiciously. I could help you get rid of the snakes. You can? Patrick loosened his grip on Seamus just a wee bit. Yes, just put me down and I'll show you. You won't run away, asked Patrick. No, I won't run away. When a leprechaun gives his word, he sticks to it. Patrick thought a bit more and reluctantly set Seamus back on the mushroom. Okay, but you had better keep your word. Seamus stood up on the the mushroom and gave himself a little shake. 
Now, where is my flute? He looked around and spied it in the long grass where it had fallen when Patrick grabbed him. The little leprechaun jumped down from the mushroom, grabbed the flute, and handed it to Patrick. As Patrick took the tiny instrument, it seemed to grow in his hands, and soon it was the same size as his own flute. Play, commanded Seamus. Patrick took the flute and began to play. The music that came from it was magical. Animals from all over the meadow soon came to hear the music, including the snakes. Play a marching song and walk to the edge of the meadow, Seamus said. Patrick did as the leprechaun said, and when he turned around, the young man noticed that Seamus had disappeared. But then Patrick saw that all of the snakes had followed him to the edge of the meadow. What magic is this? Patrick wondered as he raised the flute to his lips once more and began to play the marching song. The snakes continued to follow him, more joining in as they went along the dusty road, through the village, and down to the seashore. Patrick went up to a sailor and asked the man if he could row him out in his boat a little way. The sailor agreed, and Patrick sat in the boat, playing on the flute as the sailor rowed out into the sea. The snakes followed the sound of the music and were soon caught up in the waves and drowned. When Patrick saw what happened, he went all over Ireland, playing on his magical flute and driving the snakes from the land. After a few days, to make sure that the snakes were all gone, Patrick went to the castle and was presented before the king. The king learned of how Patrick had got rid of the snakes and was very happy. The king was a man who always kept his word, and he called for a servant to go and fetch Princess Maureen. When the princess entered the room, Patrick took one look at her, and she looked at him, and it was love at first sight. After the couple had married, they often returned to the meadow where Patrick had met the leprechaun. Although they never saw him, they knew that Seamus was around somewhere, for Patrick and Maureen often heard the lovely tinkling uh, melodies that could only come from a magical flute. The end. And that is how Patrick got rid of the snakes, and why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. That was beautiful. It was. And it was a croc, but it was beautiful croc. And either way, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I had never like I'd heard of that like story, but I'd never like read through it. So the imagery, though, like cutting off their heads, burning them, like yeah, the drowning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. That tracks. Okay. You ready to do our hot take? Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on. All right. Not sure if I've got one. What you got? So you had something earlier that you were... So we were talking about Thea, and I was thinking about this earlier, and it's just like a note on... And I can't... Like, what was I saying earlier about, like... Oh, love. Yeah, about how love is uh, not conditional a lot of times, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so, my hot take is that I love my kid. And I let her do a lot of things that I would not let another human being do. Like, for example, if you threw up on me as much as she does, I would not be so loving towards you. (laughs) Does that mean that I love her more than I love you? I don't think so. 
I mean, I don't think so either, but like, does that make me a bad wife that I let my kid throw up on me more than I would let you throw up on me? I don't know. Cause like, we haven't tried it, so I mean, I don't know. Because, like, I'm not so sure I would be as agreeable if you were to throw up on me. Yeah. Like she throws up on me. Probably not. You get what I'm saying? And so, like, I guess, like, it's not really a hot take, but it's just kind of, like, got, got me thinking, like, kids are real gross. Yeah. Like, I, like I said, I love her, and I would do a questionable amount of things for her. You know? Like, I might steal a pony for her. You know? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't put it past me. But, she's rude. <laughs> like, the havoc that she has wreaked on my body, and just, like, the grossness that, like, kids exude, is just quite rude. Yeah. And I'm just a little uncomfortable with that, like, duality of life right now. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah. That's a little uncomfortable. I don't like thinking that my kid's gross, but she is objectively gross. Yeah. You know? So I think that's my hot take. It's not really a hot take, but it's just, like, has me thinking about some stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> also, another hot take. This is, like, a two-for-one thing. Uh, Netflix is cracking down on password sharing with a new feature test, which is just bull, okay? What kind of test? I haven't heard about this. I don't know. Like, it's basically giving people the option to be like, oh, like, do you want to add a household for a discounted price in, like, different countries and stuff like that? But I think it's, like, absolutely ridiculous that you can't share your password. That's dumb. Well. I would personally love to share my password to all of our streaming services because wouldn't it be great if there was just a service that didn't have commercials that had all the shows on it all the time and it was just one package price that's what cable was why are we now moving away from cable why again why are we doing this because that's not what cable is anymore. I know. It's stupid. Let's go back to what cable is supposed to be. Well, they didn't have anything to watch back then, really. Well, now that we do, like... like well, that's the point. It's because now they're marketing it. I know. People gotta make like, money. This is so dumb. Like, we have... There's like 40 million streaming services. And we have half of them. And it's just so frustrating. Why can't we just have everything in one spot? Why? And if we're not going to have everything in one spot, I'm going to share my password. Not really. But maybe. Like, I would be happy to share my password if it meant sharing the cost of stuff. Because that stuff's expensive. All 40 million streaming services? Come on. It's irritating. Okay, that's it. Those are, those are my hot takes. <laughs> Just, I do think there there could there should be something like that, like one kind of central, like service. Yeah. And Hulu, I, th I think Hulu kind of does it, where you can like add packages on, like stars and stuff like that. But if there was just one of them where you could do all of that, like you had like one service that you could like 
add in your Netflix too. Yeah. You can add in Hulu too, and you can just like yeah. add it as like a little package or something like that. Yeah, that's what cable service. was supposed to be. That's what cable was when it started. But it's still like a off. streaming thing. Yeah, like that would be that would be cool. That's what cable kind of was when it started off. Yeah, but it was crap. No, HBO. HBO wasn't crap. <laughs> HBO has always been gold. Yeah. Yeah. HBO is good. Okay. Do you have? Did you figure out a hot take? Yeah. So, my hot take. I've got this. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, this bill that's been introduced. They just so the Senate apparently just passed this bill. Oh, we're getting political. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, fancy. So, they made this bill. It's, I think it's passed the Senate. I don't really know exactly what in all. In 10, where, in what? Like, no, federally. Federal, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, we just passed this federal bill to make daylight savings time permanent. Now, first of oh. all, first of all, here's the thing. I'm not really sure which one's which. I just always thought of daylight savings time as like we have daylight savings time and that means that in the spring we go forward and in the fall we go back. Apparently one of those time periods is actually daylight savings time and the other one is not. I don't know which is which. Yeah. So I don't really care. Yeah. Okay. But first of all, what's the matter? Yeah. It ruins nothing, really. Who who cares? Who yeah. cares? If you're that tore up about daylight savings time, what does it matter? Yeah. Okay, everybody's got cell phones now, so the clock changes itself. Get over it. Yeah. Um, second of all, I'm just really irritated at the fact that... Now, I don't honestly know how long it took this bill to get drafted up. I don't know when it was actually introduced. But from what I've been hearing about it, it seemed like this thing went through damn near the whole course of the legal system and, and the law system in about two days. Okay. Because Say I heard about this thing like on Monday. Say that again. It took how many days to get through? Not long. I don't like that. I, said, I don't know exactly when it was drafted up or introduced or anything like that. But I just heard about it on like Monday. This is Wednesday and it's already passed. It just needs to be signed, from what I understand. So I'm That's just a little, I'm just a little ticked off at how efficient and expedient Congress actually can be when there's not all of these lobbyists and corporations trying to pull strings and block or pass certain things that like if they're just left to just do their job without any kind of agenda how actually efficient the government and congress can be that is infuriating to me that is really really infuriating that that's bothersome yeah yeah, so that's my hot take. That's really bothersome. Yeah. So you mean you could do all of this work? And you do could just actually do your job, but because everybody else is out there trying to make money and trying to push agendas and make some people do some stuff and keep other people from doing other stuff, we gotta we have to have a system that doesn't work unless it's for stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah, we can pass stuff that doesn't matter all day long. So... That is... That's my hot take for this week. Yeah. That's a good hot take, because that's some bull. That's what that is. Yeah. That's real frustrating. So, All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and uh, start calling this one a night as a special holiday treat. I'm going to go ahead and actually release this on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, um, I haven't made a post yet. i got to make a post. Yeah, you do. you got to get on it. Yeah. Hey. What? You changed the timeline on me. That's not my fault. No. 
Take that up with Congress. <laughs> Maybe I will. Nobody cares about it. It'll get fixed pretty soon. <sighs> All right. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this one up. So, uh, thanks, guys, for joining us this week. Um, sorry we don't have a, a coffee to recommend to you this week. But um, go, get, but yourself go a, get your Yeah, go get yourself a shamrock shake And it tastes can. like lime. I'm never going to untaste the lime. Yeah, it's, it's the, the lime marshmallow. So go enjoy it. Grab one. For a limited time only Correct. at your local McDonald's. But Enjoy uh, that bah, bah, bah. with it. You can't do that. We're going to be sued. That's not ours. That's, I didn't sing it. That's and not, we didn't make, we're not making money from this. That's not ours. we got to be careful. <laughs> we are not affiliated in any way with McDonald's and any kind of thing. And we do not own the rights to anything like that. And just legal disclaimer, don't sue us. Thank you. Yeah. And good night. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Um, you Thank can find you for us. Shamrock Shake, though. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you going to get you, uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. All the places that the cool people get their podcasts. Yeah, Let's exactly. Um, you can email us date night coffee shop at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at date night at the coffee shop. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about. Give us some suggestions, some, some coffee recommendations, topic suggestions. Maybe if you just have some thoughts or information on St. Patrick and, um, you know, and his, his love, magic flute. Yeah. And his, uh, banishing of the snakes. Yeah. But yeah, we want to hear from you guys. So thanks again so much. Uh, we will see you next week. Until then, bye-bye. See ya.